All right, Scott, I think we're on. We're recording. How you doing? How you been? Good. Good. You moved. A... You're not in your same office. I missed the skull <laughs> picture in the background. The skeleton on the toilet? The skeleton on the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm in Austin. Um, it's about dinner time uh, here for a few weeks. It's freezing. And I'm sitting on an end table with the computer on a TV stand. So, oh, sounds, uh, so it's, it's not as professional. Sounds very vagabond of you. <laughs> it's very Austin. Very Austin. Very Austin. Um, yeah, I'm excited. We, we're back, um, hopefully increasing consistency. But we've been pretty good. So far, it's been pretty good. We're going to try to keep these going at least once a week. We have yet to decide on kind of when, what day of the week these are to drop. But uh, I want to get in a groove. Um, you know, we, we started receiving some positive feedback. So I want to make sure we keep giving back and uh, making sure, you know, we're providing value and content here for folks. So what are we talking about today, Scott? Last week, we talked about kind of vetting your idea, right? Now going from, mm -hmm. you have an idea, you're thinking there's something you might want to try, something you might want to build, something you might want to do. So we touched on kind of how do you go about vetting that, you know, doing, you know, market analysis. How do you prototype is maybe not the right word, but how do you kind of get the idea out there in, in very low cost, low effort form just to get some initial feedback. And, uh, you know, once we've done that, you know, you kind of assume the idea is still valid. What's next? What are we talking about today? Today, we're going to talk about the next, what we think is the logical step um, after maybe you've valid, somewhat validated your idea, or maybe you're just a little trigger happy and, and want to move forward, um, registering a domain, and then um, how that ties what? into, yeah, go ahead. Why, why registering a domain? Why is Great that important? Question. Why is that the next step in your mind? I don't disagree. I'm curious. No, no, no. That's sometimes these things are two second nature, and I, I appreciate I appreciate the check. Um, yeah, I mean, so if you're going to have an online business or online presence, having a domain um, is important because that's where everything essentially is hosted. Your email address, um, where people go to see your website, etc., and that can have a huge huge impact on your searchability on Google, but also your branding. Um, a good example I like to think of is like public storage. Um, public, public storage is a brand, but also what they do. Um, yep. So having a website like that's synonymous with your name and then having a domain, which is the address where your website lives uh, relative, so like, uh, like google.com, google.com. Yeah. Great, That's a great domain. Yeah. Startup tips.dev startup tips.dev. Nice plug, Scott. Thank you. Um, which we don't have anything up yet, but we will. Um, yeah. So there's, I actually, there's I actually also think, you know, important. today in, in today's just generally in society, um, having a web presence or uh, yeah, having a web presence that is exposed through say a website, for example, is a strict requirement for almost anything that you do. I also see it kind of as 
Um, just like back in the day, people used to hand out business cards, right? Now you send people to, uh, you know, a place on the web somewhere, right? And one of the advantages, as you were describing, right, of having, you know, one domain, one kind of landing spot, one business card to, to reuse the analogy, right? Is, you know, a lot of times when you get started, it's like, well, should we send people to my Instagram, to my YouTube channel, to my Facebook page, to my, you know, uh, TikTok account, whatever it is. And, and you can find yourself in a situation where like, well, if you want to, you know, find out about us, go to here on Instagram, go to there on TikTok, go to there on Facebook, go to there on YouTube, you know, and all that. Whereas if you have kind of one landing page, not only can you, as you say, you know, uh, kind of control your message, control your marketing, control your branding, control kind of what you want your um, potential customers to see first, but you can also aggregate all the different places where uh, you are available uh, online. So you, you know, when you're talking to somebody that's interested, it's, oh, great, what are you working on, Scott? Well, here's my idea, right? Startuptips.dev, you know, or whatever, I, you know, I want to build a, you know, a, a product that does X, Y, or Z. You could just send them to one place, give them that one domain. And uh, from that point on, you can, you know, send them wherever else you want to go. So it's also a good aggregation tool for your different online presences. 100%. So let's talk about... Um... Okay, so people, I think, get the point. What, how do I get my, how do I get my domain? Like, what's the first step in doing that? So it's essentially, um, I'd say you got to pick what you want that domain to be, what you want that URL to be. Is it startuptips.dev? Is it google.com? Is it my new great company.io? Um, whatever name it is, I think step one is you have to decide what you want that name to be, which uh, it's important to keep in mind that that will be an integral part of your, your company, your projects, your brand, right? So, um, and, you know, it, it can always be changed later, right? But if you just want to minimize, you know, um, you know, repeating these steps, it's good to start with something that makes sense to you that's representative of, you um, kind of what you are building and what you represent. And then once you know what that or those words are, or that are ultimately going to end up being your domain, um, it's finding a place where you can go register it and typically purchase it. There are some places where you can have like free domain if you use that company's hosting or things like that. But otherwise, it's going to find which company, which place, which service provider can mm -hmm. sell me the you know, mystartupcompany.com or whatever it may be. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of them out there. We're not endorsed by anyone. So we're not, you know, looking to promote one or the other, you know, the big names in the space. There's godaddy.com. Uh, there's hover.com, you know, maybe one of the easiest Google. What do they call their service again? I can't even remember. Domain. Google domains. So Google does it as well. Um, I'm pretty positive Amazon and AWS, so Amazon Web Services also uh, do domains now as well. So you could go to these different places to uh, basically go register and essentially purchase that domain. So migratecompany.com or whatever it is. Um, I personally have had horrible experiences with some of those providers. So I would typically, when people ask me, uh, you know, recommend one versus the other. And the horrible, you know, experiences are mainly some of these companies that have 
um, these domain names that they sell you for your website, your company, your business, whatever it may be, their entire business model is to then upsell you on other things or sell your information to other internet service providers to host your website or things like that. So I think there are some big names in the space that are pretty safe bets like, you know, Google, Amazon. Uh, I personally use hover.com for absolutely everything um, that I do online, right? All of the, you know, the different companies or websites that we run, they're all through hover because they're a great, you know, affordable privacy first company. So um, you go there and I think, once you land there, the first, maybe this is the second step at this point, but it's just to see, does somebody else already own mygreatcompany.com or .dev or whatever, right? Because there's a high chance that um, the, you know, the domain that you're looking for may already be in use. And especially if it's um, uh, kind of the shorter the and the shorter and the more common the domain is, the more likely it is to be taken by uh, somebody else already. Do you want to share a story about startuptips.dev, Scott? Because that happened to us when we looked for this. Yeah, I mean, so that's a really good point. And I think right before we talk about that, um, it, it's easy to get hung up on minutia. And it's very important to have a name that resonates with your business. but you can spend a significant amount of time optimizing for something that right now doesn't matter, right? We're just trying to get users down the road. Yeah, like totally. That's a great but, point. Um, and like we said, we can always change it. And you can have um, yeah. multiple names that point to the same place. It's a pretty 100%. easy thing. So I would agree. It's back to what we were saying in the first or second episodes, right? We need to really make sure you need to make sure you avoid analysis paralysis, right? Or you just... Right, right. And, and it's easy because this is an it's, it becomes an identity crisis. Like, oh, yeah, this is going to be my name forever. 100%. And I'm going to not do anything but this. And, and maybe you don't get it out. So like you were saying, our experience was, um, obviously, we want startupdevs.com, startup, startuptips.com. Um, but that's a very common name. And I'm sure indexes pretty well on Google. So we looked to see on uh, GoDaddy how much it would be worth. So uh, we actually went to, so we went to Hover because that's where we own. Hover. Most of oh, money. sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, fine. But, to, you know, to the point, because this is part of this, you know, what happens when you do this, right? We went mm -hmm. to Hover because that was our preferred provider. That's where we have all our domains. And it basically showed us that uh, startuptips.com was already taken. But... So the first thing that, I, you know, that we did in that case is just go to startuptips.com to see what's there. Is it a company? You know, just open your browser, go to that domain. Is it a company? Is it, you know, just a placeholder or whatever? And it turned out that it was basically GoDaddy's placeholder page to say nothing lives here, right? But this domain, startuptips.com, is up for sale. Contact mm -hmm. us. And how much did they want for that? When we contacted them, so we contacted them, filling out their form, um, and it took a few days for them to get back to us or whatever. But then they finally called us, and um, it was an interesting conversation because it basically put the ball in your court first, saying, "Well, how much do you want to spend for this?" Right? So they were asking us how much we want to spend for this, um, and we didn't necessarily go into that because we didn't want to spend anything. We're starting this, you know, like like a lot of people out there, and we're looking to minimize costs, and. Uh, 
so they came back to us and said, well, the current owner uh, wants $50,000 for startuptips.com. So exactly. We smiled, we laughed, and we said, uh, no, thank you. Um, but again, it's just part of part of the business, right? So, um, or, or it's things that happen, can happen when you're going down this journey, right? So mm-hmm. what did we do instead? So we didn't go with startuptips.com, right? But we searched for others, right? And we were still on, you know, Hover or Google domains or wherever. And actually, I think we ended up with Google domains because it was just as easy. It integrates well with their, you know, email and stuff like that, which we'll talk about because there's an importance behind your domain as well. Um, and we were looking for a more relevant name and that's how we landed on startuptips.dev. And for reference, when we purchased it, uh, at the time of purchase, I guess we spent, I think it was $12 or $14 yeah. to buy a domain and that's a one-time fee and done. That's it. Nothing. 100%. And there's something to be said about startuptips.dev is probably going to be more lucrative for us in the long term. But like you pointed out, this is just, we're trying to see if this is viable. Um, and, you know, maybe one day that that money is worth it to us. But right now it's you worth $12 to, or to free. What money? To purchase the, uh, oh, to the purchase .com. startuptips.com. Yeah, fair. Um, so. But that'll be a good yeah. problem to have because if there's, you know, if there's a place <laughs> where they have enough money to, contemplate a $50,000 purchase for a domain, then it means, you know, that's a good problem. So, I mean, I think that's important and relevant and that this is a prime example of that should not be blocking progress, right? Something like that should not be blocking progress. Totally. Um, So now people have, let's say we've picked our name and our domain. However, we got it. Now what? You need, you need something to put on there. So I think people get confused. What's the difference between a website and an application or web app, right? Um, to, in your experience, what's, what's the difference? Well, so yeah, that's a great question. It's interesting because almost, I mean, I guess it depends on your, how technically savvy the person you are talking to is, right? But for the less savvy, typically anything you go to um, in your web browser, Chrome, Firefox, Safari, Internet Explorer, whatever you pick, right? You go to, you know, startuptips.dev or google.com or whatever it may be for the less savvy individuals, all of those things are websites. Oh, it's just on the web, right? It's on the internet, they're websites, but there's actually a pretty big difference between a website and, um, you know, a web application. And typically the way I like to, to kind of you know, look at it or think about it is a website is really more of a landing page, a marketing page, for lack of a better term, like a front door type thing. Um, Whereas a web application is just like you have apps on your phone, apps on your, you know, computers at home or whatever apps on your TV or whatever that do a whole lot more functionality, more than just showing you information, a phone number, a brand, a name, a, you know, contact form or stuff like that. Um, those applications do a whole lot more, right? So for example, if you're the company that you want to, to start in the technology space, right, is a, you know, a contact management solution because you don't think any good ones exist out there, 
that's typically will be a contact management application with a whole lot of functionality around managing people contact information, right? Versus it's being a website, right? Mm -hmm. And very often, um, companies that build technology products, right? You will end up with both, right? Because often you have a website that is your company page, your brand page, your information pages, or whatever they may be. The thing that is found through Google, through Bing.com, through search engines, stuff like that. But then from there, if you then want to go use the product or the application, then that will be a different domain or a different URL, right? Typically what's done a lot is, you know, uh, migratecompany.com might be the company landing page thing that Google finds, right? And then when you want to use the product, the technology product that that company uses, you'll go to a subdomain like app for application.migratecompany.com or something like that. And that's where there's, in a scenario like that, you have two different pieces of technology that is important for people to distinguish and not confuse. I think it's a really good explanation. And like, why would you, you, you briefly touched on this, but why, I guess, where would someone start in their journey, right? Right after they got a domain, what would be their, would they want to focus on a website or would they want to focus on a web app? So I, I think it, I think it largely depends again on how deep and detailed the kind of initial um, research, investigation, design thinking, technology, you know, thinking that has been put into whatever the startup idea is, right? Because for somebody that already has a very deep understanding of what product, what technology product they want to build, if that understanding is deep enough, maybe they already know enough that they should go down an application route, right? Which we're not going to cover today in this conversation, because I think that's probably a set of conversations in and of themselves, right? Um, I would argue for almost anyone getting started, I would start with a website, because there are a lot of platforms and services out there today that are uh, purpose-built for people that are um, getting started in technology, getting started in um, creating a company or whatever that are super easy platforms to use to very quickly get a website up and running. Your, you know, Wix.com, I think it is, Squarespace.com, um, WordPress.com. Those are some, and Google does it as well. Amazon does it as well, right? So those platforms and products and services out there are purpose-built to make it really quick and easy for people that are not extremely technically savvy to build a website. So it's the barrier to entry for those is really, really low. And the cost of entry is really, really low. Like, I mean, like five bucks a month type low, right? So it's not breaking the bank. And why I argue, in my opinion, it's, it's great to start with those as well as more and more these platforms that are making it easy for all of us to create, you know, simple websites have enriched functionality that make it easier to start growing your website into more of an application. You can add pre-built modules, quote unquote, we can get into the technicals, you know, of, about that, you know, at a later point in time, but 
you can add interactions, you can add forms, you can add storing data, right? If you want to capture data, you can add integrations with other services, right? So depending on what your technology product is or wants to be, right? Again, you can start with that website using one of these service providers um, and then have it kind of organically and easily evolve into more until you reach a point where what they offer no longer does it right because now you're entering the application territory versus website territory awesome something something i want to touch on that i i could see being overwhelming are two things one how do we take our domain and connect it to a website right like that's that's yep. it's a pretty scary thing and these website technologies you mentioned, Squarespace, Wix, whatever, do a really good job of making that as seamless as possible. So there's directions within the application that's like, okay, you have a custom domain, usually it's in settings. Once you have your domain, you can set that up. There might be a couple little tweaks that we'll go over. We'll maybe try, we'll do a screen share video and post it on YouTube of like us doing that exactly. The next thing that I think people don't think about it, or maybe there's too much analysis paralysis is okay cool i have a website now what what do i do with it like yeah it's informational but i think whether it's a product or a newsletter building on our idea validation that we talked about in the last couple episodes there should be a goal in mind is this a newsletter do i need an email sign up um am i selling a product do people want this product so Whatever website technology you pick, think about your what your goal is. Maybe it's gauging interest. Maybe it's pre-sales. And then picking based on that, I think, will really help you. Like Shopify, if it's e-commerce, um, I know there's some specific ones for newsletters. Um, but I think those two things people get really confused about. Like, okay, what am I even going to do on my website? What's the point? Yeah, but but I think you touch on a great point, Scott, and that what I, you know, again, why I kind of like the approach of starting with building a website using one of these providers first, right, is because like you were describing, they make it very easy for you to mm -hmm. connect the domain that you just purchased to your actual website, because those are two different things. But they also typically have a lot of education material and out of the box you know, integrations and technology that make it easier for you to say, okay, I have my website now and what I am selling or what I want to do is a newsletter. So they will guide you to use, connect your website with us to this newsletter provider, constant contact, whatever, pick one. Um, and they help you do it, you know, out of the box. So it kind of builds on that idea of start simple. And then, you know, when you need more, there typically are integrations there for it. Same with if you want to sell goods, go to, you know, integrate with Shopify. And now you're, this website and the website provider has an out-of-the-box connection to Shopify. So you can bring your store into the, the website, right? And all of those things are pretty straightforward, right? With a lot of documentation, hand-holding and all that, which are still helping you kind of build this technology piece, puzzle and product of yours without needing to go 
start thinking about building an application. I don't know technology. Do I go hire mm-hmm. people? Who do I hire? And who's mm-hmm. going to design it? And where does it live? And all this stuff, which we're going to cover, of course. Awesome. Cool. Did you have any, I know we're getting close to time. Did you want to go talk about anything else? I think we covered. No, I think we, I think we got it all. I think, you know, what, what we're going to do in upcoming episodes, like you said, and, you know, post this on YouTube as well is kind of record, you know, the steps of doing this. We will be doing this for setuptips.dev so people can just see it, see what it's like. Um, And then in um, a later episode, we'll also make sure to cover kind of the, the difference between, you know, websites we touched on today and like an application. And that's something that we're going to go in pretty deep at a later point in the conversations. Cool. I think that's it. Well, thanks. Thanks, Nathan. Really appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk to everyone soon. Again, you know, leave comments, feedback, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. We'll take care. See you, Scott. Sounds good. See you.